Welcome to Roeville Uniting Church and the reflection of the day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett. I want to say a big thank you to Tom Fraser for last week. We didn't have everything run as smoothly as it might have last week, uh, but uh, we, we did get there in the end. If I had uh, not been scheduled for a weekend off last weekend, I would have had my second ever sickie on a Sunday. <laughs> so it was a good thing, probably. So like many people, I continue to not be all that well. But the doctor told me on Thursday that whilst he didn't think I should go to toddler gym, and I didn't, that he thought that presiding at communion would be safe. So I'm just letting you all know that he thinks that I am well enough to do that and I have actually checked. <laughs> so that said, I'm not sure that I'll be doing much singing. I just tested it out for the first time on the first two songs and gave up. So uh, that's sort of how it is. So bear with me if I um, have to deal with that. So last week we had a little hiatus with Tom because we've had the marathon of John chapter 6. So we had four weeks in a row of it with me. Then I had last weekend off, but I thought, Tom said, no, I'm not going to finish this marathon for you. You have to finish it, Trevor. So I'm, I, I, he did different readings to the lectionary last week and I'm using last week's reading so that we can finish the marathon today of John chapter 6. It's the last leg. So, I want to tell you what a blessed bunch you are. Do you know why you are so blessed? You are so blessed because you've got me as your minister. You know, how good is it for you, a minister who knows everything there is to know about spiritual matters, who's connected well with God, and you are just able to be so blessed by having me as your minister. Wow, how good is that? You're all still here. Okay, I reckon that I could say that and no one would storm out thinking, who is this bloke? What is he saying? I was pretty confident that you've known me pretty well over the last little while and uh, you would know that I wouldn't be serious as I started spouting off like that. But, but what about the claim that Jesus makes? Just imagine 2,000 years ago, you rock up at the synagogue and this bloke called Jesus is speaking at the synagogue and you've heard a bit about him. Yep, I'm definitely interested. People have been saying really interesting things. So maybe I might check it out, see what he's got to say. So I go into the synagogue and what does he say? Eat my flesh, drink my blood, eat me and live. I don't know about you, but I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, what is this? Absolutely, I am out of here. Well, that's actually what happened. People were out of there. 
People did hear this and they were offended. They thought, you've got to be joking and they left. This message of Jesus offended many people and they no longer chose to be his followers. So, Jesus has this 12 who are a little closer than these ones who are on the periphery more. And so he takes them aside and said, well, what about you lot? Are you offended? Do you want to leave as well? But Peter replies that they do not want to go. For Peter and the 12, Jesus has the words of eternal life. They actually believe that he is the Holy One of God. And they're going to work through this. But what about you? Are you out of here? Have you been offended by Jesus? Or have the words over the centuries lost the offence of, of what he said? Clearly Jesus is not encouraging some kind of cannibalism. Although I did see a picture on Facebook that I was awfully tempted to use. <laughs> yeah, the only zombie that invites you to eat him. I don't know about that. <laughs> but we should note that this was a difficult teaching. The Emperor Nero, who persecuted Christians actively, was offended by this flesh-eating, blood-drinking new Christian culture that had grown up among the Jesus followers. It led to him more actively persecuting Christians. Clearly, Jesus is speaking metaphorically. Symbolically, we will eat his flesh and drink his blood. And yes, we will still die, but we will discover life. We are the church. In St Paul's terms, we are the body of Christ. Could it be that we feed on ourselves? When we speak of the life that comes from the bread of heaven, is it the life that we gain from being a part of our community of faith as we gather together and as we worship together, to share in the work of our mission together and to share in activities together, be they social or outreach or whatever they might be? As we conclude the marathon of John chapter 6, let us ask some questions of ourselves. What is it about this body that gives you life? What is it about Roval Uniting Church that gives you life? What do you cherish about your church life that we share together? How in our shared life how do you experience the abundant grace and love that is offered by God, that unique love and grace offered by God? How do we experience that in this community? 
at one level, these could seem like fairly simple questions or academic questions that are good to exercise our mind on a Sunday morning. We can either point to something and say, yep, that's it, or we might say, no, not really working for me at the moment. It's just a good exercise to think about it. And it is a good exercise to think about. However, does our church, does your church, only give you life so long as it speaks what you want it to say? What happens when your church speaks truth, but it's a truth that you do not want to hear? Or maybe when your church speaks a truth that actually offends you. Jesus offended people in the things that he said. Is it not unreasonable that the body of Christ could still speak things that might offend us? And if we are offended, are we out of here? You know what? In the life of the Uniting Church that I've been a part of for nearly 25 years, people have been out of here when we have said things that they haven't liked, when they've been offended. When Jesus speaks of us being with him, what does he really mean, be with him? Does it mean we're just on a bit of a journey together, in this community of faith, and isn't that great? But Or does it actually mean that he invites us to even go to the depths with him of crucifixion, to allow the truth to speak to us, whatever it might be, however inconvenient it might be? So... I wanted to ask a different question. Has anyone ever spoken truth to you that you didn't want to hear? I actually think that that has happened to me. But first, a story. In 1947, a man called Robert Pierce, the founder of World Vision and the Samaritan's Purse, joined Youth for Christ. And he went on a series of evangelical rallies in China. On the trip, he met, I think you say her name, Tina Holkboa. I don't know, it's something like that. A missionary teacher. She presented him with a battered and abandoned child. She was unable to care for the child. And Tina asked Pierce, what are you going to do about her? Pierce gave the woman his last five dollars and agreed to send the same amount each month to help the woman care for that child. He was confronted by the truth of the reality of that situation and he had to do something. I have discovered in my life 
that when I am confronted with truth, even inconvenient truth, these are moments when I allow myself to be confronted where I actually grow. My experience of truth versus constructive feedback is that when I'm dealing with constructive feedback, I can grumble, I can get defensive, and I can even say, that's not really fair. And it might not be truth. But if I am confronted by truth, it is not possible to refute it. So I must embrace it and grow from it. We grow from the truth much more than we grow from anything else. So when Jesus says, we will find life in him, when he says that he is the bread of life, that we should eat his flesh and drink his blood, he is speaking a deep and profound truth. Jesus is the bread of life. So let this be a truth that we are able to embrace. May it become embedded within us. And if, and if we find that at times the truth that Jesus brings offends us, let us have the courage to accept it or walk away. Because interestingly, Jesus gives that choice that people can walk away. I know that when we accept it, the promise of God becomes real in an amazing way within us, within our community, and it gives us meaning and it gives us purpose. And I pray fervently that we might be a community of faith that has the courage to receive and accept the truth that Jesus speaks to us that we speak to each other. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Reflection of the Day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett at Roval Uniting Church. Roval is a suburb of Melbourne in Victoria, Australia. We look forward to welcoming you back to another Reflection of the Day soon. You are always welcome at our weekly worship services held at 10am each Sunday.